Thank you, Reverend. Hey, church. How are you? It's great to be back, and it's just so exciting to see what has been happening here. Uh, since the last time I was here, I'm not sure how many years ago that was, maybe eight or nine years ago, but uh, it's exciting to see a new beginning for you as a church, and uh, it's also been a great new beginning for me, uh, having my beautiful wife Fiona with us, but uh, we've got a, a brand new season as well that the Lord has kind of taken our ministry into, which has been very exciting, and uh, just last year, after 22 years as an itinerant evangelist, and uh, having been married for one year at the time, God stirred our hearts to go to America for five months and to spend time with Christ for All Nations, the ministry of Reinhard Bonnke. If you're not aware of who Reinhard Bonnke is, he was the one who has personally won 53 million people to Jesus. He passed the ministry on to Daniel Kalenda, an incredible evangelist. Just about 10 years ago, Daniel so far has already led about 27 million people to Jesus. And uh, so we've come and connected. We trained with them for five months. And uh, so now I'm going to be helping with the, their crusades in Africa and uh, training new evangelists. We've got a, a vision for 150 million salvations by 2030. And uh, we're going to be training training 20,000 evangelists, and uh, it's just exciting. In fact, I'm supposed to be in Africa. We're supposed to be in Africa at the moment in Kenya, uh, where we've got 10 crusades going on. One crusade I was going to be directing had 700 churches involved in it. And so you can imagine pretty exciting stuff, eh? And so the future is going to be uh, really, really great in terms of the harvest. But it's exciting just even in this season, uh, what God is doing. It's great to be here. My beautiful wife, Fiona, can you please come? I always get Fiona to pray before I preach because she knows how to pray and uh, not that I don't but she she prays a good prayer so uh, and she's awesome isn't she beautiful morning church I just want to say I just feel to say that for those of you who are single please wait for the right one because it's so worth it like God's timing is perfect I mean you can live an amazing life I I was a, a missionary so this whole platform thingy for me now is a bit strange it's new so I'm adjusting to it um, but it's it's you can live just a sold out life for Jesus whether you're single and and just have an amazing just relationship with him or, or you can just wait for the right one either way is the focus is on Jesus so it's not about what your life looks like it's just about just keeping your eyes on him so I just want to pray for us Lord I thank you so much I thank you that we are your sons and your daughters. I thank you, Lord, that you have called us into such an incredible place of intimacy. Lord, that through the gospel, the veil was torn. Lord, through your life that was sacrificed on the cross for us, Jesus, that you have welcomed us into this restoration of relationship with you, oh God. And that we can live a life of incredible joy and peace, no matter the circumstances or the situations. And Father, you see the strangeness in, in what is happening in the world today. And you see even what's happening behind the scenes, Lord. But we thank you that as sons and daughters, Lord, we are hidden in your presence, oh God. 
And I thank you, Father, and I pray as the word is preached today, we know that it is alive and active. We know that your word does not return unto you void, Father, and that it will fulfill the purposes for which you are sending it out, Lord. So I thank you and I pray, Father, that you would woo our hearts into a deeper place of commitment, Lord, of radical obedience to you, Jesus, that no matter what our lives look like, Father, whether we are single, whether we are married, Lord, whether we are are working in Christian ministry or in everyday working secular, wherever we are, Lord, we know that we carry this message of reconciliation. And Lord, that is the love of God in us that compels us, Father, Lord, to share you wherever we go. And I declare over our hearts, Father, today, Romans 1.16, which says we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God at work to save all those who believe. And I thank you that every single one of us is in a mission field. Lord, in our families, we are in a mission field. With our friends at school, we are in a mission field. Lord, the person at the coffee shop is our mission field. So I pray today that as we hear your word preached, God, that you would stir us, God, and that faces of those that you are pursuing would come to mind, Father. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come in power today, Father. We open our hearts towards you, God, and pray, Father, that you would do what you want to do, Lord. God, I pray, challenge us. Lord, if there's any complacency, if there's any comfortability, Lord, I pray that you would shake us out of that, Father, and that out of our love that is burning for you, Jesus, that we would be willing to step out, God, and share. So I thank you, Father, that you are moving in power today, oh God. We love you and we adore you, Jesus. And our lives are lived for your glory and for you alone, Jesus. We bless your name, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Wow. She's awesome, eh? But what a great God we have. How many people love Jesus? Give me a wave this morning. I want to talk about our irresistible Savior today. And, uh, you know, when we use the word or the term irresistible, often it it conjures up thoughts about our appetite or our cravings. I don't know what's irresistible to you, what it is that that uh, you you can't do without. Maybe it's a, a good coffee. How many people like a good coffee? You know, uh, maybe for you it's it's uh, mud cake and ice cream, or uh, or it's uh, smoky barbecue ribs, ribs and pecan pie. You can tell we've been in the southern states of the United States. Amen. And uh, you know, but we're compelled sometimes by certain things. When you have a look. In your dictionary online, the word irresistible is something you have to have because it's too desirable or too wonderful to restrain yourself from having. Have you ever felt like that? Or in the Oxford Dictionary, it just says, too powerful or convincing to be resisted. Now, you like me in your zeal and love for Jesus may have been compelled to tell somebody about him, thinking he's irresistible, thinking they're bound to embrace Jesus because he's just so amazing. But then sometimes we, we find we have a, have a disappointment where we've shared Jesus with maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a family member or a workmate or whatever, and they have flat out rejected Jesus. 
In fact, they perhaps have told you in no uncertain terms. They don't want to hear anything about them again. They may have cussed you out. They may have cussed Jesus out. And your heart's broken. And you know also his heart is broken. And you're almost scratching your head. You can't understand. Why have they rejected Jesus? Perhaps it's because they've been struggling with their sin. Maybe they felt judged. Maybe they felt condemned. Or perhaps they've been hurt at some time. And it's difficult for them to open up and to embrace Jesus. Or maybe it's that they've got the wrong image of what Jesus is like because of what they have seen in or heard from other people who have called themselves Christians. And so there's been a rejection of someone who we, we just can't understand why anyone would reject him. Or maybe on the other hand, like me, you've had the incredible joy of leading someone or leading many people to Jesus. And I don't know if you've discovered, but we've discovered it this season that the harvest is incredibly ripe. Has anyone else found that? I mean, people are so hungry and open to Jesus today like never before. And we have, I mean, I have the privilege of leading many people to Jesus, but, but also one-on-one, we're often on the way to the airport in Uber cars. And it's half an hour from our place to the airport, and we've led the Uber driver to Jesus, prayed with them as we're getting out of the car, and it's just so easy. And uh, while we were in the United States, we would go into different parts of the city, just a, a team, three or four of us would go to perhaps the park where the homeless people live or into the bus shelters. And we would talk to people about Jesus and just lead them to the Lord, pray with them. And I was amazed one occasion in one hour, I literally led five different people to Jesus. It's amazing. The harvest is incredibly ripe. And so it's a great joy to lead people to the Lord. Maybe you have recently come to the Lord yourself and experienced the incredible joy of salvation. And maybe some trauma has been healed in your life or your body has been healed and you've become excited about this wonderful Jesus who we serve. Amen. Before I have connected with Christ for All Nations, I've already had the privilege of conducting 32 gospel crusades in East African countries, as well as a number of crusades and hope and healing festivals in other countries around the world. And so I've had the privilege of at this point, leading about 90,000 people to Jesus. So we're just kind of getting started in terms of evangelism, really. But uh, i got to tell you something. When you're finished preaching the gospel, and then you're leading people in a sinner's prayer, and hundreds and sometimes thousands of people are praying that prayer with you and embracing Jesus as their Lord and Savior, it impacts you incredibly. There's times that I've led that prayer with tears running down my cheeks because I am aware of what is taking place. So many people are changing their lives. So many people are embracing this amazing Lord and Savior. And it just overwhelms me when it happens. And it's not because my preaching's that good. It's because the Word of God is good. It's because the gospel is good. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God under salvation. And when people hear the gospel presented in a clear manner, they respond to the gospel. 
and it's just awesome. Amen. And uh, not only to see people receive Jesus, but then to pray. And the Holy Spirit move in those fields. And so many people are touched by the power of God. And people coming up on the platform to testify of the miracles that have taken place. Blind eyes have opened. We had one lady in a meeting who literally had us a card around her neck certifying her blind so she could beg. And her sight was restored. 2020 vision. How, how cool is that? Ears popping open. Cripples being healed in the meetings. One lady was, had her legs didn't work anymore from an accident. She was riding a bicycle with her hands, pedaling with her hands because her legs didn't work. And she was up on the platform jumping around, testifying. I love that stuff. It's so exciting. I'll never forget preaching in South Sudan. Three days after the referendum, three days after South Sudan pulled away from Sudan, we went straight in there. We did two crusades. The first was on the border. Now, it bordered three nations, South Sudan, uh, northern Uganda, and the, the Dominion Republic of the Congo. And it was a war-torn area, literally just ravaged by war. So a lot of the men were either killed or maimed in the war. A lot of the women were raped and abused in the war. Children were taken away. They had become child soldiers. And so there was an incredible trauma. And when we came and began the crusade there, the faces of the people, they were despairing. They were traumatized. They were distrusting. But preaching the gospel and Jesus doing his thing for five days, it was incredible. So many people. We had thousands of people saved. We had so many people healed. And the countenance of the entire crowd changed. And it just became full of joy and radiating faces. And an incredible celebration took place in that town. It was so beautiful. And I'm overwhelmed by what Jesus does for desperate, hurting, hungry people. He just so wants to touch and to make people whole. Amen. And so when you hear and know the truth about who Jesus is, how good he is, and what he has done and what he will do, man, you will be convinced he is the Son of God. You will be convinced that he is good and he is irresistible. Amen. You run to him. You don't run away from him. Jesus is a must-have. Can you say amen to that? He's just awesome. Yeah, he doesn't just appeal to our, our desire but he appeals to and meets our greatest needs. How many people here have found Jesus to be irresistible? Give me a wave. Amen. He's so good, isn't he? Listen, I want to share from Acts chapter 10, verse 38 this morning. It just says a little bit about our Jesus. Acts 10, 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by or under the power of the devil. For God was with him. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for your presence, God. Thank you that you'd confirm your word with signs that accompany it. And I pray today, let that happen in this place. Let that happen in and through our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. The Scripture said that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now, the word anointing or the term anointing is one of the most misquoted and misunderstood terms in Christian circles, particularly with us Pentecostals, right? We have a, a great singer. Awesome. I mean, people have been amazed that someone's singing. And after, people will say, wow, she's a really anointed singer, isn't she? 
or someone's a great preacher, preached a phenomenal word, you know, God has touched hearts and, and people will go, whoa, what an anointed preacher. Or it's just been one of those messages or one of those meetings that's just kind of off the chart, you know. God's moved and no one wants to leave the meeting. People have been healed and people will say, wow, what an anointed meeting. And we kind of got this, this idea that this thing, the anointing, is some kind of mystical force over and above the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. But when you have a look at Scripture, there's actually no term called the anointing. It doesn't exist in the Bible. There's no such thing as the anointing. But what makes everything more amazing is simply the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's a person at work amongst us, not a thing, not a mystical thing. It's God here. It's God in the house. Amen. Perhaps on top of some great talent or some good leadership, or maybe it's none of the above, but just somebody who is, who is uh, desperately dependent upon, sensitive to, and led by the Holy Spirit. And so God is able to have His way in and through that person or in and through that meeting. Amen. But to be anointed simply means to be marked or set apart by God for a specific purpose. You see it right through Scripture. You see it in the Old Testament. They anointed the priests, poured the oil on the priests. It marked them. It set them apart. They did that to some of the implements in the temple as well. Poured oil on them, set them apart. It marked them for service. In the New Testament, we see a similar thing where they call the elders of the church to anoint people with oil the prayer for the sick after that. It was the prayer of faith that healed them. But why did they anoint them with oil? Because it marked them and it set them apart for a work of God to transpire in their lives. Amen. So this is what the anointing is actually all about. Jesus makes it very clear when he declares his purpose by repeating what the prophet Isaiah had spoken. And in Luke, in Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 18, Jesus quotes Isaiah and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. So Jesus, we say, was marked by the Holy Spirit. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and to set the oppressed free. So because God had sent Jesus with the purpose to be the Savior of the world, He anointed Him. He marked Him with the Holy Spirit. And this distinguished Jesus from all others. He was set about because of the power of the Holy Spirit upon him. Acts chapter 2, verse 22, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. Now, we are not called to give our lives to be the Savior of the world. Aren't you glad you're not called to, to, uh, to be crucified, uh, you know, to give up your life literally? and to die for Jesus. But we are called to die to ourselves and to live for Jesus and fulfill the very purpose for which God has created each one of us. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.15, And He died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died for their sakes and was raised. I don't know about you, but I am compelled by what Christ has done for me. Jesus died on a cross 
He gave us life so that I might have life. Not just eternal life, but also abundant life. So He's given His life so I might have life. So my logical response to that is to give my life to Him. Not to tag Him onto my life, but to yield my life. To let Him live His life in me. To let Him live His life through me. And work His works in and through my life. And in fact, I have been crucified. As it says in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And He wants to live in us. He wants to live through us. He wants to impact the world through us. And He doesn't leave us to do this in our own strength. He gives us the same spirit and the same power that He Himself had so we can be His hands and feet and we can do His works in the earth today. Amen. John 14.12, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Now, whenever Jesus says, I tell you the truth, it's because what he's about to say is going to be hard for you to swallow. You're going to think, come on, that's a bit stretching it a little bit. But Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me, give me a wave if you believe in Jesus today. All right, we're off to a good start. Anyone who believes in me, the the same works I have done will you do, and even greater works. Wow, that's mind-blowing, isn't it? Just the works that he did is enough. Some of the works that he did is enough. But he, he's gone way beyond that. The works that he did and even greater works shall you do. This is what Christianity is. And he says, because I go to the Father. What did he do when he went to the Father? He sent the Holy Spirit so that every single one of us could receive exactly the same power source that Jesus himself had. The Holy Spirit living in each one of us. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. See, the purpose that God gives us, the Holy Spirit, isn't just to make us feel warm and fuzzy. It's not just to make us feel okay and not just to give us this prayer language, which is phenomenal, by the way, which builds us up and and just, man, enables God to flow through us in a great way. But this Holy Spirit, He makes us a witness. He makes us a blazing flare. He sets us on fire. He causes us to be, in fact, it says that word, you shall receive power, is the Greek word dunamis, from which we get the word dynamite. You shall have dynamite inside of you. Something you can't, once a a fuse of dynamite's been lit and it begins to explode, you can't contain it. Did anyone see that explosion on the internet that took place in Beirut? You know, and the force field that went out. And that's what's happening. When the Holy Spirit's inside of you, He wants to come out of you. And He wants to impact the world around you. And it goes on to say, you shall be my witnesses, which is the Greek word martyr, which is someone who would lay their life down. You know, you've seen suicide bombers around the world going, blowing themselves up with these vests on, killing people, or just setting out to maim and kill as many people as they possibly can. But this is a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit of what is supposed to be happening with the church. Not that we go out maiming and killing people, but we're strapped with the dynamite power of the Holy Spirit, filled with it to overflowing. And we have laid our lives down. We're already martyrs. Our life is not our own. And we go out into communities and we just explode with the love and the presence and the power of God, impacting people and bringing them into the kingdom. Amen. It's just so exciting. You know, 
So, you know, He's given us the Holy Spirit so we can live powerful and fruitful lives. As Christians, we're not supposed to just struggle on and, and just do nothing with our lives, but to live for Him and to be His hands and feet in this world. Amen. Jesus went around doing good. Amen. In fact, everything that Jesus did and everything that Jesus does is good. Amen. Psalm 119 verse 68 says, God is good and only does good. So what good did Jesus do? What good does Jesus still do today? Well, we know Jesus fed multitudes miraculously. And there are those that have it on their heart to, to help the poor, to feed the poor, to reach out to those that are hungry in different ways, that are hurting in different ways. But Jesus, beyond that, what did he do? He proclaimed the good news. And he brought freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. And he has set the oppressed free. He did it then. He does it today. He continues to do it in and through us. People's prisons, so many people abound. And people's prisons take all sorts of different forms. The devil oppresses people in many different ways. It may be abuse. It may be affliction. It may be addiction. It may be anxiety. It may be depression. It may be deception. And there's a lot of that going on in the world at the moment. Amen. Fake news. I won't say any more about that. But there's a lot of stuff going on. But anything that harasses us, that hurts us, that holds us down and hinders us from fulfilling God's plan and purpose for our lives and experiencing the abundant life that He has in store for each one of us, I believe is a work of the devil trying to hold us down. Amen? But Jesus went around doing good, and so can we. Amen? He didn't stop with that. He, he, the Scripture says He went around healing all. I love this. Healing all. Numerous times in the New Testament, it talks about Jesus with crowds of people. And every time it says he healed them all. Luke 4, 40. When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Awesome, eh? Luke six nineteen. The whole multitude sought to touch him. For power went out from him and healed them all. The whole multitude. There's never too much or too many for Jesus. He's not overwhelmed by anything. Don't feel or think that Jesus can't do it. He can do it. He's not limited in any way. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He can do it for us. He can do it through us. Amen. And you know... The healings of Jesus, they, they didn't die when he died. Because we know Jesus isn't dead. Amen. He's alive. He rose from the dead. And, and his story continues through history. And he uses those that would follow him. It started, of course, with the disciples, the apostles, and the epistles. That's the wives of the apostles. I mean, they were working together, doing miracles, praying for people. Acts 5, 16, crowds gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. All of them were healed. I love this. Wow. You know, Jesus is alive today, and He continues healing. I've had the privilege of, of praying for the sick for over 30 years. I mean, I, I was, when I was in my early 20s, I remember an evangelist coming to our church 
praying for the sick. He had a book, How to Heal the Sick. I thought, that's cool, I'll read that. And I read that, and then I started praying for the sick, and people started getting healed. First it was runny noses, sprained elbows, things like that. It got pretty exciting, praying for people. And then one day, I was in my flat downstairs in my bedroom, playing away on my drum kit, and one of the guys upstairs runs down into my room. said, Carl, Carl, Lisa has got one leg shorter than the other. Come upstairs and do your stuff. I said, it's not my stuff, it's God's stuff, but I'll pray. Sure enough, we went upstairs, sat this girl down in the chair, one leg shorter than the other. I said, let's all lay hands on her. We all laid our hands on her. We prayed, and right in front of our eyes, her leg grew out. Whoa, that set me off, I tell you. I couldn't, I couldn't wait to get my hands on people after that. And I did, and I've been praying for the sick for 30 years. And so I'd love to be able to say every single person we pray for gets healed. I can't say that. There are times where people don't get healed, and I don't always understand that. But the principles of God's Word are that you pray for the sick, and God heals them. And there are times, let me tell you, there are times where it seems like every single person we pray for gets healed in a meeting. It's happened in Australia, and in Brazil. Man, we've been going to Brazil. God's given us incredible favor in Brazil in recent years. And and, uh, the first time I went in 2017, I preached in about seven or eight churches, and I was invited before I left the country to preach in the National Pastors Conference of the Brazilian AOG, a movement with 23 million people in it. And I preached in the National Pastors Conference main session. And it was incredible. It's given me great favor, open doors. And we've been back there several times. But we go in these churches and, uh, and so many people respond to the message that we are literally praying for people for two hours after the meeting. Lines of people and everyone you're praying for. God is healing. God's touching. It's just amazing what's going on. You know, we've seen sight restored. We've seen the ears pop open. We've seen the paralyzed. Fee paid for this guy. Had a stroke, paralyzed. Paralyzed, couldn't move his arm. Stand there, prays for him, and he's healed instantly. And, and everyone's amazed and exciting stuff like that happening. But, but we just have, have strength and not only physical healing, but trauma. People that are, that are oppressed and heaviness in their spirit and just set free. And wow, it's just so beautiful to see the works that Jesus does in and through people in an amazing way. And not only can Jesus heal us of all of our diseases, but, oh sorry, can heal all of us, but he can heal us of all of our diseases. Amen. I, um, I was in Hawara, which is the town I was born in, in New Zealand, a couple of years ago. And I'd been there the year before preaching and praying for people. And a little boy by the name of Logan, who was about seven or eight years old, came running up to me and he said, you healed me. And I am like, Jesus healed you, but what happened? He said, you know, his mum came over actually to, to verify and tell the story. He had holes in his lungs. He had bad asthma. He couldn't walk 100 meters without gasping for air and collapsing on the ground. He had dairy allergies. He couldn't eat or drink dairy foods. And he'd have severe reactions. And he was deaf in one ear. And I prayed for him. Now he's completely healed of all of those things. One year later, when I come back, he's running races. He's doing pretty good. And he's hearing perfectly. And he's eating ice cream as every good Kiwi could should. Amen. So that was just awesome. But, you know, Jesus can heal us of all, whether we ask for all or not. I was preaching in Harvey Bay, and there was a young lady in the meeting who'd had a car accident and smashed her neck, and her neck had a big bump on it. She couldn't move her head, and she had a lot of pain. And as I prayed for her, I just put my hand on the bump, and it just went like that. 
disappeared under my hand. I went, whoa, did you feel that? And she went, yes, I felt that, and I can move my neck, and I've got no pain. And then she said, but that's not all. I had one leg shorter than the other, and I had lower back pain. While you were praying, I felt power going down my leg. I could feel my leg growing out, and my lower back pain has gone as well. I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. She got the works burger, amen. And uh, it's exciting. Psalm 103, verse 3. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefit, who forgives all of your sins and heals all of your diseases. You know, most of us have no problem believing that God forgives us of all of our sins, but a lot of us have a problem believing or even receiving the fact that God heals us of all of our diseases. Amen. But it's the same work. It's the same faith in the same work that the same Savior has done for us upon the cross. I was preaching in New Zealand another time, and among the people who came for prayer were two Maori guys. One had his head shaved. The other had a big afro. They had leathers and tattoos, and they looked like they'd come out of one of the gangs there. The guy who had his head shaved, though he was only in his probably 30s, he had arthritis all over his body, riddled with arthritis, a lot of pain. And I was about to pray for his healing, and I felt the Lord say, lead them in a prayer of salvation. So I said, guys, are you saved? And it turned out that they weren't, so I led them to Jesus. When we finished praying the prayer, the guy who had arthritis went, Hey, the pain, the arthritis, it's all gone. See, because when he received the Savior, he received the healer. Can you say amen? You don't have to conjure up a whole bunch of different faith. It's just the same Jesus who does the saving. He also does the healing. Amen. You can receive healing by faith in him. And I could go on talking about all sorts of stories. People getting healed before we even start praying for people. Just hearing the word, people starting to get healed. Also, also, it's so exciting. So exciting. Amen. We don't have a lot of time this morning, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, this, this irresistible Jesus, you realize he found you irresistible. He found you so irresistible that he agreed with God of a salvation plan, which meant him giving his life sacrificing, dying a cruel death upon a cross to pay the penalty for your sin and for my sin. Because our sin had separated us from God. The wages of sin is death. Every one of us would, would have faced a, a, a certain eternal destiny separated from God except for the plan of salvation. Jesus came, took our sin upon himself. He died upon a cross in our place, gave his life for our life so that we might live. Amen. What a wonderful Savior. You know, He loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. And in fact, we love Him because He first loved us. Our life is simply a response to Him. When we understand who He is, what He's done, He is irresistible. We want Him and we yield to Him. And He lives in us. He lives. In fact, there's no better life than you can live than a life lived sold out for Jesus. That's, that's what abundant life is. Abundant life is fulfilling the purpose. It's Him living through. It's so amazing what Jesus does in us when we give Him our life. Amen. And so uh, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to this irresistible Jesus, to embrace Him as your Lord and Savior, to have your sins washed away, blotted out, to be made right with God, to begin a new journey or to begin again if you've fallen away from Him. Have a fresh start. Maybe musicians could come at this time. And we're going to pray for the sick this morning just in a remote kind of a way as well. But I want to give you opportunity.
to say yes to this amazing, wonderful, irresistible Jesus today. Maybe while we're here, maybe we could stand to our feet, but just not move around. If today you know you need the Savior, you know you need this wonderful Jesus. You need to be forgiven. You need to have a a fresh start. You need your slate wiped clean. Maybe it's for the first time today, embracing Jesus. This might be the first time you've heard the gospel and realize, I need to give my life to God. I want Jesus to be my Savior today. I want to give Him Lordship. I want Him to take control. I want to fulfill the plan He has for me. Or maybe you were on a journey. You might have got hurt. You might have got derailed or distracted in some way. But today, God has brought you to this place. And you want to reconnect, realign yourself with Jesus today. So can we close our eyes just for a moment, bow our heads. Wherever you are in this house, if you'd like to say yes to Jesus today, I'm going to just simply pray a prayer. We're not going to call you to the front or anything today. We're going to pray a prayer in some other way that the church will connect with you. But if today you want to respond to this message and respond to this irresistible Jesus and say, yes, I want to be free from my sin. I want to give my life to Him today. While we have our eyes closed, while we have our heads bowed, could you just simply do something for me? Lift your hand up. Give me a wave wherever you are in the church. Hold it up high. God bless you at the back there. On my right here, on my left here. Anyone else? Three people so far. Yes, another one there. Another one at the back. Five people. Anyone else? Just quickly lift your hand. Say, I would like to say yes to Jesus today. Hold your hand up high. Maybe you're, you're, God bless you up the back there. Wonderful. Maybe you're feeling your heart just pounding in your chest. You're not sure if this message is for you this morning, but your heart is pounding in your chest. That is God. That is God speaking to you. The Scripture says Jesus stands at the door and He knocks. It's talking about the church, but it can be applied to any one of us. He stands at the door of our heart. He knocks. He just wants us to open our hearts to have Him come in and have a relationship with us. If there's anyone else... Quickly, lift your hand. We're going to pray a prayer. Anyone else want to be included in this prayer? We've had about half a dozen. Raise your hands. We're going to pray this prayer right now. All right, come on. Let's pray this together. In fact, can we all pray this prayer? All of us. We're going to support and encourage those that have raised their hands. And maybe today you felt you should have raised your hands. You might have struggled to lift your hand up or you're having a bit of a battle there. But let's all pray this prayer together in a loud voice. And as we do, pray this prayer. Mean it with all of your heart. God will respond to this prayer. He'll wash your sins away. He'll come in. He'll fill you with His loving presence. Let's pray in a loud voice. Father God, thank You that You love me. Thank You that You have a wonderful plan for my life. Thank You for sending Your Son Jesus to die on a cross, to pay the penalty for my sin. I ask You, forgive me for my sin. And I turn from it today. I give you my life. Live in me. Help me to live for you. Help me fulfill the plan you have for me. Thank you for cleansing me. And giving me a brand new start. I love you, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. That's awesome. If you did pray that prayer for the first time today, or you're reconnecting with God, I'm sure James will give you some instruction in just a moment of how to connect. We just want to help you on your journey with God. Amen.
But we also want to pray for you today. Obviously, we can't lay hands on you because of the rules that we are under at the moment. But you know, we don't need to lay hands on you. In the, in the Matthew chapter 8, there was a centurion who came to Jesus. He said, Lord, my servant lies paralyzed and racked with pain. And that's a bad deal, right? Pain and you can't get away from it because you can't move. And Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. Now, if Jesus said he was coming to your house to heal someone, you'd think that'd be pretty cool, wouldn't you? You'd be texting all your friends to come over. And... But Jesus, he said, no, no, Jesus, don't come to my house. He said, I, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. But besides, you don't have to. He says, listen, I'm a man of authority. He was a centurion, a leader in the army. He says, I'm under authority and I have people under me. And I know if I just say this, to someone, do this, do that. They'll do exactly what I say. He said, all you need to do is just say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus was like, wow, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. What you have said has happened. And his servant was healed that very hour. Awesome, eh? And so this is what we do in Africa. We have these big crowds of people. Obviously, I can't lay hands on everyone in the crowd. So I just say to the people in the crowd, Listen, wherever you're sick in your body, whatever's hurting or whatever doesn't work, put your hand on it. And then I pray from the platform. I declare healing from the platform. And as we do, people by faith receive healing. I see this happening. There was a lady, a lady from New Zealand who was in my team who had Crohn's disease her entire life, who was standing down in the front roped off area in front of the platform as I was praying and declaring healing. And I said, Crohn's disease. She turned around and looked at me with a big smile on her face. And I remembered she had Crohn's disease. Man, six times a day, medication. Couldn't eat all sorts of foods. She was instantly totally healed. She went back to New Zealand, back to her doctor. And, and she, the doctor tested her and said, we cannot find a trace of Crohn's disease in your body. Awesome, eh? So just by faith, you can receive a miracle today. Amen. So whatever is not working, if you've got pain in your body, just put your hand on your body right now. Put on whatever is hurting or not working. Or if you have a disease or something that affects your whole body or something, some symptomatic thing, just put your hand on your head. If you have some kind of internal thing or perhaps you've got some trauma or some, some hurt on the inside, put your hand on your heart and we'll pray. And God is going to touch you right where you are. Amen. He's an awesome God, right? He's a powerful, powerful Lord, and He wants to touch you today. So you receive, but don't worry about what other people think. Listen, if you're a little bit self-conscious, just close your eyes, and nobody's going to see you, all right? So just stick your hands on yourself, and, and we're going to agree together with you right now. Amen? Come on, Father, thank you. Oh, God, you're amazing. You're awesome. You're all-powerful. Thank you that you're here in this place. I thank you that your hand is not too short, that you cannot stretch it forth and touch lives in this place and heal and make them whole in Jesus' mighty name. And so in the name of Jesus, I take authority right now over unbelief. And I break unbelief off the people of God and anyone else in this place. I command unbelief to loose people. And I command every infirmity to go from lives right now in the name of Jesus sickness leave in Jesus name I command heads to be healed headaches to be healed in Jesus name ears eyes be healed in Jesus name sinuses mouth teeth 
be healed. Throats, necks, in the mighty name of Jesus, be healed right now. Shoulders be healed. Backs be healed. Spines be healed. I command this in the mighty name of Jesus. Arms, hands, fingers, arthritis. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And I command you to go from bodies. I command right now hearts to be healed. Throats to be healed. And also internal organs be healed. Every sickness, every disease, diabetes in Jesus' name be healed. Go from lives right now. Every blood disorder, every allergy in Jesus' name. Go from lives in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Hips be healed. Backs, lower backs. Jesus' name be made whole. Shikarabasandaba. Legs be healed right now. Knees, feet. Be healed. Be made whole. The mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I just thank you that your healing power is at work right now in this place. Touching people. Making them whole. In Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for it. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Now you can even start moving your body around if something was painful or stiff or sore. You start moving that around right now. You can see that God has begun a work. For some of you, you will know even right now that He's done something. Some of you, as you're leaving this meeting, will realize that you're able to move like you couldn't move before. Some of you are going to wake up tomorrow different. Some of you, are in a, it might take a few days. Because often it takes a, a few days. I tell you, as an evangelist, I come back. I get more stories when I come back than when I'm actually praying for people. Amen. But just praise Him. Keep thanking Him until you've seen this thing completely healed. Amen. Or completely whole. But I want to do one more thing just before I pass it back to Pastor James. I want to pray for you to be instruments. Amen. You know, this is about God working not just in us, but through us. His Holy Spirit filling us to overflowing, flowing out of us and touching the world and touching those around about us. And if you want to be an instrument in the hand of God, you want to lead people to Jesus, you want to see people healed when you pray for them, you want to see a, a change happen in your world because you are alive with this irresistible Jesus living in you and the power of the Holy Spirit filling you and flowing out of you. I'm going to pray for you right now. And even if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, by faith you could receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Be filled to overflowing. I just simply at the end of a meeting had an evangelist say, we're going to worship God. And some of you are going to sing in a language you've never sung, never sung before. And suddenly the Holy Spirit came on me and I began singing in a heavenly language. And I haven't stopped singing and praying in that language ever since. Amen. In fact, I've got lots of languages now. But... Uh, but you can receive the Holy Spirit by faith, just as I pray this prayer. So if you want to be filled with God, you want to be used by God to save and to heal others, stretch your hands up right now. Just stretch your hands high up to heaven. You know, it's a, it's a ripe harvest out there. And God, the, the world is looking and crying out for a church that will reach out and touch them. So Father, I want to thank you for these wonderful people who are not here by accident, but they're here by divine appointment. And I thank you, Lord, that you are purposing for your church to be your hands and to be your feet into these days. And God, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will fill them and you will flow through them. Lord, that you would lead them to the lost and that you would move them with compassion and that you would give them the words of truth to speak, the words of life to speak. Father, as they pray for the sick, miracles will happen. They'll see an incredible breakthrough. I pray for many miracles, many salvations through your people in Jesus' mighty name. Fill them to overflowing with the mighty power of the Holy Spirit so they cannot contain it. 
but it must come out. Father, bless them, I pray, in Jesus' name. Bless this church with a great harvest in these coming days. I pray this for your glory in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Reverend.